This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Sunshine today, high near 72. Mostly clear tonight, low around 43. Sunshine on Thursday, high near 72. Construction of a 75-unit apartment complex on the site of the former IBM Country Club near Johnson City won't get underway this year. When demolition of the abandoned buildings was announced last October, Broome County officials said they expected groundbreaking for the apartment project was started in the spring. But now it appears the planned work is running about a year behind the original schedule. Leadership Alliance CEO Stacy Duncan said the developers are expected to submit an application for a state low-income housing tax credit by the end of this month. She said that would provide a significant amount of funding for the project. Duncan says she believes the total project costs are upwards of $25 million. Endicott Mayor Linda Jackson is raising questions about the way Broome County Sheriff Fred Akshar deployed deputies to the village in recent weeks. Jackson said while she appreciated the work of the Sheriff's Office special response in recent weeks, she said it really would be better if they worked with their police department. Speaking on the WNBF News Binghamton Now program, Jackson said they'd made more pro- make more progress if the agencies worked together. Jackson said that now that the concerns have been brought to Akshar's attention, maybe now he'll start working with their police. She said the premise is excellent. They just need to have better communication and follow through. The mayor said the biggest problem with the sheriff's office initiative is they didn't tell him they were coming. They just came in, did it, and left. Later on the same radio program, Akshar said he had a good working relationship with Endicott Police Chief Patrick Gary. He said Chief Gary and he communicate on a regular basis. The sheriff said some of his agency's initiatives in the village over the summer were conducted in concert with the Endicott Police Department. In Broome County Court, Jamie Walsh of Binghamton was sentenced to two to four years in New York State Prison after pleading guilty to felony attempted burglary in the third degree. Walsh admitted that on March 14th, she entered Walmart in the Vestal Parkway and stole merchandise. Walsh had been arrested previously for shoplifting at that location and had been ordered to stay out of the store. Under New York State law, if a criminal defendant has been previously convicted of stealing from a business, they can be banned from that location. If the defendant returns and again steals property, the charge may be elevated to felony burglary. While she was a prior burglary conviction from 2013, waived her right to appeal. Democrats in the Pennsylvania House will keep their one-vote majority after winning a Pittsburgh area seat in a special election. Voters on Tuesday elected former congressional aide Lindsey Powell, bringing the partisan split to 102 to 101. Powell defeated Republican challenger Aaron Connolly uh, Alton Reith in the heavily Democratic district. She replaces progressive former Democratic representative Sarah Inamorto, who resigned in July to pursue local office. The House is expected to return next week to consider budget legislation two months into an ongoing stalemate. As migration to the United States from Venezuela and other countries soar, 
Democratic elected officials are pressing the Biden administration to quickly grant work permits for asylum seekers while their cases wind through immigration courts. In New York City, tens of thousands of migrants have arrived over the past year. Eric, Mayor Eric Adams has increasingly sounded alarms, and Governor Kathy Hochul is floating the idea of state-issued work permits. Asylum seekers must wait at least six months before they can get a work permit. That cannot be changed without Congress, but some Democrats say there are other steps that President Joe Biden could take. And Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro's administration says it's trying to make it easier for someone to register to vote when they're getting or renewing a driver's license in the state. These prompts the computer screens in the driver's license centers that will take users to a template to register to vote. That leaves it up to them to choose not to register. Previously, the user was asked whether they wanted to register register to vote. 23 other states and Washington, D.C. already have varying models of what's called automatic voter registration. Researchers say automatic voter registration increases registration and boosts the number of people voting. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. Joseph, this is Binghamton Now, Wednesday, September 20th, 2023, and welcome to our program. Phone calls, of course, we will accept your phone calls. If you wish, by all means, participate. Yep, dial carefully, though. Remember the number remains the same. You must dial carefully. 607-772-1290. Let's hit the phones. Let's hit the phones as hard as we can. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Morning. Ah. (laughs) Thank you. You just can't get good phones these days. Am I right, people? I remember back when I was a kid, the phones were made to last for at least 100 years. Now, not so much. At any rate, hold on, I'm just sending an email to the people who are supposed to be informed. <laughs> 
Thank you for consistent phone service. What else is going on? Oh, I know. Local news is, uh, as all of our listeners can appreciate, local news is more important than ever. And yet, reality is, despite advances in technology, local news is suffering. So I would encourage you to enjoy our website, WNBF.com. Pay attention to that. We're still reporting for you. And yes, I'll have a couple of very interesting stories coming up shortly, a few hours from now, on WNBF.com. Check it out. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Gary in Binghamton. Bob, hello. Hello, Gary. Great. Great win last night for the Rumble Ponies. It was uh, very exciting. It was great to see that there was uh, support. Binghamton supported our Rumble Ponies. It was fun. They had the rally, the white rally rags that they gave out, towels, whatever you want to call them. And, and luckily for Binghamton, we ended up winning. It was a, it was a good game. I'm under the impression that might be the latest that baseball has been played in Binghamton. Is, is there any evidence to suggest there ever was a, a baseball game played in Binghamton on September 19th before? No, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. But, yeah, I, I believe you're probably right. Yeah. That's yep, what I, I was remember. thinking. Because I well, know... 2014, right? That's when they won the last time? Right, but that was early September. Okay, it was early September. Yeah. That's when the schedule was different. In fact, I looked it up. Actually, I'm going to look up the story again. For some reason, I think. For 2014? You yeah. know, Bob, that night, unfortunately for myself, was uh, I had purchased, uh, there was a comedian back in the day, Lisa Lampanelli, and I had purchased tickets to go see her at the forum, and it was the same night that the Rumble poem. Oh, you missed it? I missed it, and oh. as the, as she was performing, she stopped the show and said, I, I think there's bombs going off. I'm serious. I just heard explosions. This is during her concert, her comedian show, and somebody in the front row must have said, oh, that's the, uh, the B-Mets. They just probably won the game because they're playing tonight. Yep, and I looked up the story. Fireworks. I guess that went off. The story. Yeah, so when was it? September twelfth, twenty fourteen. So, oh, okay, just so over nine years ago. This is how I wrote it. Oh, first of all, listen to my dramatic headline. And I spent a lot of time working on this under deadline pressure that night after the game. The Binghamton Mets headlines win. were a big thing. The Binghamton Mets win! Exclamation <laughs> point. You know, simple, four words, and uh, it's a great picture. I might retweet this because um, I forgot how much I enjoyed that picture. Actually, the pictures I took after their win, the the members of the team gathered around the um, their big championship flag on, on the field at the ballpark. And what a great picture I took. I mean, it's a nice picture. 
And then I also posted the, um, looks like maybe 15 or 20 different pictures, including the scoreboard at the time the game ended, 9.46 p.m. And the scoreboard, uh, stadium had a different name back then. Uh, apparently somebody else had the naming rights back then. I know that's shocking, but uh, it says 2014 Eastern League Champions, 9.46 p.m. And do you remember who they were playing? Well, I can't remember yesterday's game, <laughs> but... Uh... The Flying, yeah, no, the flying I, I Squirrels. They, oh, Richmond. The, yeah, the Rumble Ponies beat the Flying Squirrels in a low-scoring affair. I like that. It sounds like we're talking about... Wasn't the Matt's the winning pitcher? I, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, I didn't... I don't see that in my story, but it was a low-scoring okay. affair. Two to one. So they won the Eastern League Championship. And here's the thing. They didn't... The first... Um, the first run was scored by the B-Mets in the bottom of the fourth inning. And then there is still no other scoring till the top of the eighth when Richmond tied it up. So we went into the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth inning, with the real possibility of extra innings in this decisive game. And ultimately, B-Mets... Scored a run, and that is how it ended. Fantastic. And and there's a picture. Do you use a computer? Uh, yep. So you could probably search for this story. Uh, one of the pictures is the fireworks going off behind the scoreboard. And, right, yeah, that's yeah. what Lisa Lampanelli was commenting right. on. Yeah. And yeah. just looking at all these pictures, I, I'm, I'm half inclined. I might... I might revisit this story because... uh yeah, keep, back. Well, keep an eye on WNBF.com today because I, I hadn't planned to do a story about the Rumble Ponies. And yet, given the great win they had last night, because a hey, playoff baseball in Binghamton is not always uh, a certainty, um, I think I'll do a story. And it also includes some of those photos from uh, the big night in September 2014, so that, that could be coming coming soon to WNBF. Hey, Bob, I, I want to comment on something that you were talking about yesterday. Sturgis Street, or is it Street, Sturgis? Yes. Where, where the crimes are committed and stuff. Yeah, so earlier in the year, I had seen some uh, Binghamton police officers that were uh, walking the beat. And I had commented on that. And I was, you know, thinking, boy, wouldn't that be a good place to, if they still have that? Now, since that day that I saw them in early spring, I haven't seen uh, anybody, any police officers walking to be, at least in my neighborhood well, or around town. You, you were the one who brought it up. And after you mentioned it on the program, a few days later, when I ran into Mayor Cram, I asked him about it. And, you know, he discussed it. And then... I kept looking and looking around, figuring, oh, well, they're, I'll, I'll see because you know me. I'm in Binghamton neighborhoods virtually every day in all different parts of the city. And gotta tell you, much to my disappointment, I didn't see a single Not once. Binghamton right. officer walking a beat in a neighborhood. So, right. 
You know, I, but, I don't. So this is a high crime area, right? And it's well known with the police department that it's high crime. Why not just put somebody walking around here and, you know, whatever that trouble house is? Hey, how you doing? We're here. You know, here you? Here's, you know? here's the sad truth. If I was the yeah. uh, the chief, I wouldn't put one yeah. person out there walking by himself. On Sturgis well, there Street. was two people walking. There was two people walking. Was or two. even two. On Sturgis yes, Street. I would. I, I, oh, I would. Well, okay. But you're putting your people at risk. Well, they're at risk every moment. Anything can happen. Yeah, but. I know. But they're not at. They're not as much at risk if they're on, on the beat near your house on the west side. I'm saying I don't. I know what you're saying, that it, it would be to increase visibility and and make the police presence more obvious it probably would yes. be a good idea yes i'm just saying, saying let's put it this way if i was a binghamton police officer and i know some binghamton police officers i'm not sure that that's the assignment i'd want i know what you, to your point yes they're always at risk and even the most innocuous call for service can ultimately go bad so but i don't know what the city ought to do about sturgis street and some of these other neighborhoods but i i am anxiously awaiting i'm anxiously awaiting you know maybe they can call the sheriff if, if the sheriff has uh the personnel to do special operations in endicott maybe the sheriff has the personnel on the north side of binghamton I would say the north side of Binghamton merits special attention. Seems like it sure does. Well, it seems like based it on the number of calls there. Yeah. You know, so if if you've got all these people and all this money to spend on special attention in Endicott, what about the poor people in in Binghamton? With those people on the north side last Friday afternoon were telling me in no uncertain terms that they're sick and tired of what's going on in their neighborhood. And not just last week. They had, uh, and I did have a brief conversation Friday afternoon with the police chief, Joseph Zakowski, at the scene on Sturgis Street. And he said, yep, and I'm paraphrasing. Uh, this wasn't a formal interview. It's just uh, a back and forth. And he said, yeah, it's kind of the same same thing that we were here for on uh On uh, Wednesday night, hold on a second. Oh, hi, is that you, Karen? It is me. It's All right. Bob. <laughs> no, this is Roger Neal. <laughs> Bob, Bob, <laughs> Bob was busy eating donuts and he couldn't make it in. Hang on. Hold your thought. All right. Okay, Karen Sweet O'Neill is coming right up. Now back to Gary. See, Gary, I can multitask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not well. well you know, but... I, I wouldn't be surprised, Bob, if there are undercover uh, people in the area. That would oh, be I know. And, and by, right? Well, another, take a look at WNBF.com about the um, the update on the Endicott operation. Of course, we had uh, Mayor Linda Jackson on program yesterday morning and shortly after that. We had, kudos to her for coming on. Well, and kudos to Sheriff Akshar for coming on, too. Um, Absolutely. An, an hour later. I, I commend each of them for discussing this. Um, and, right. and my thanks to the Sheriff's Office for arranging to have 
Fred Axner on the program so quickly because I called, uh, we spoke with Linda Jackson, I think we wrapped up around 1045. I contacted um, Sheriff Axner's office during the 11 o'clock news and explained that it would be uh, good, appropriate, if he had a chance to call in. And he was in a meeting at that point, but he came on at 11.45. So, you know, I I thank both Sheriff Akshar and Mayor Jackson for uh, participating. I think that's helpful for the community. I think, I and, think I, so too. and I know some people are saying, oh, well, that's um, controversial and it's bad. I don't think it's, maybe it's controversial. I don't see anything bad about it either for. What would be controversial? Well, some people were were saying it was some sort of controversy. Some people online, on. online. Some people thought, you know. Yeah, well, you got the online people. They don't have. To, I you know. know. Just spurt Ke- out whatever mm, they want. Keyboard mm-hmm. warriors, you know, they must be proud, yeah, right? But anyway, yeah. appreciate your uh, your calling in. Keep an eye out if you see any uh, officers out on the beat on the west side. Let me know. I will, and I will be there Thursday to root the Rumble Ponies on in. Where is it? Brightwater, Bridgewater Township in Somerset. You're so going? I'll be there. I'm going. All right. I had an opportunity. I have a friend who is a big baseball fan who wanted me to go. And the question was, well, just take the day off. And I said, you don't understand the way WNBF works. You can't just take the day off. Well, yes, you can. AI, you got to get AI Bob on. <laughs> well, that's right. Maybe, maybe there still is a chance. You know, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that small box labeled AI Bob uh, across the hall. Maybe I'll just plug it in and and I'll be all set. Anyway, keep me posted. Right, that's right. Gary on the West Side on News Radio WNBF at nine twenty six. The following live segment is sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions. <laughs> Providing you with the best solutions of your lifetime. The KSO Insurance Weekly Spotlight with Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio 1290 WNBF. Morning, Karen. Morning, Beth. How mm, are you? Good. I'm glad you called in. I just stopped. Uh, I, I won't identify the place, but some place on Nanakoke Avenue that has lots of donuts in a wide array of varieties that's only open till December 1st. I picked up a dozen to share with my colleagues here at WNBF. Oh, yum. Oh. They're awesome at the cider mill. Oh. I said it. You yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm. I had a good conversation okay. with, uh, with the folks. And here's the ironic thing, though, because I also had to do some reporting on the way. If all I did was just stop there to pick up donuts, I wouldn't have cut it close. But because I also had to cover something else in Endicott this morning and take pictures, uh, you know, I cut it close. I came in to the studio. Well, first, I, I was thinking, gee, I wish I had a video of the final two minutes right before the program because... Parked my car, scampered into WNBF Studios, left the dozen donuts uh, in the office area, and said, Donuts! To which everybody said, And then uh, scampered over here to the studio, and it was almost as, as though it was scripted. I got here uh, with about... 
12 seconds left in the news. And wow. we started the program. I mean, it was one of those things you might see, say, in a, a movie sequence. Like, um, oh, I remember broadcast news from, oh, uh, sure. the, yeah, there was uh, an app or a, a scene in broadcast news where they were rushing to get um, a finished package, a news story on air. And the, the sequence, and that's back when things were on tape. So the tape was edited in a different part. Um, and it had to be rushed in to the control room. But it felt like that. If I had a video of the last two minutes leading up to the program, people would have, people would have been amazed. I said, Bob, you planned it like that. And it's like, well, it worked out. Mm. I, but I still haven't had a chance to have a donut. I was going to say, you'll be lucky if there's any donuts left. <laughs> That's the problem. That's <laughs> the problem. Maybe, maybe during the 10 o'clock news, if I'm smart, I'll go Take a look to see how many donuts are left. At any rate, now, I think that's a good idea. now that I've told you my Wednesday morning anecdote, it's time for some oh. important information for our listeners. All right. Well, let me provide that. We're talking about employer-sponsored um, insurance programs. And should you partake of those or should you get you know, outside coverage through brokers or private insurance companies. And what's the pluses and minuses? Well, I tell you what, a big plus for employer-sponsored plans is you can typically get coverage for, you know, a lower cost because let's just talk about life insurance for a moment. Many corporations will give you life insurance uh, coverage maybe up to about three times your salary. And it's what we refer to in the business is annual renewable term insurance. So what does that mean? It means that it will be renewed every year while you're working. Yes, of course, you do partake, you know, in some premium payments. And generally speaking, it's banded in five-year increments. And that means, let's say you're 30 years old, you've got um, 200000 in life insurance through your employer-sponsored plan, and it's costing you, you know, $20 a month, and that's when you're 30. When you're 35, that premium jumps again. So it could be, you know, and it usually doesn't jump too high until you start getting into the 50s and 60s. So it can be very cost-effective for people that have, you know, a family or they have a spouse or someone that, you know, they're responsible for financially if they're no longer here, and it's generally speaking very low in cost. Another very good um, benefit from an employer-sponsored plan, whether it's a hybrid long-term care product or life insurance or disability insurance, is that there's sometimes a guaranteed issue period. And what the heck does that mean? That means that there's a small window of time that the employee is allowed to sign up for the insurance. Of course, they pay, you know, pay the premium. But there's no medical to qualify. There's not one medical question. So that's indeed very important, especially if you have something going on. Uh, perhaps you have an autoimmune disorder, which allows you to work, but it may prohibit you from buying outside insurance coverage. You know, maybe it's <clears throat> MS or whatever the case may be. You could get this coverage through your employer-sponsored plan as a guaranteed issue. Now, generally speaking, it doesn't go to your spouse and to your children that way, but certainly to the employee. 
So a lot of times people get nervous. They say, oh, I ha-, they say, you know, I have to sign up within this short period of time. Should I do that? And that's because it is a very, very distinct benefit uh, applied to the employee, and it's a great benefit to have. So we say, yes, employer-sponsored plans, if you have an opportunity to get them, pick it up, you know, because on the outside, you know, you generally need more than just the employer plan because if you're employed, okay, you're, you have 200000 in life insurance through your employee or through your employer, guess what? What happens when you leave the company, either voluntarily or involuntarily? Mm, depends on the company. Sometimes you can take that coverage with you very infrequently. Um, but if you do take it, in most cases, Bob, you have to convert it to a permanent plan of insurance, and that can be quite costly. So it's very important to also look at outside plans and just, you know, lock in a 20-year term or whatever the case may be. So then when you leave your employer, you still have the coverage for your family while you look for another position or while you take another position. And that's just a backup. And so it's real important for people to you know, take part in anything that your employer-sponsored plans will offer you if it makes sense in your situation. And we, of course, look at all that for people, too. And we say, no, this was right. This, this is something you need. No, you don't need this based on your situation. So very important. We are at 1708 Vestal Parkway, up above Plato's Closet and Style Encore. You can reach us for an appointment several ways. You can simply give us a call at 607-772-4898. You can Google us at KSO Insurance. All our contact information comes up, including our website. You can make an appointment that way. Or simply go to a phone book. We have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages. Karen Sweet O'Neill, always a pleasure. Thank you, Bob. Have a great day. You as well. It's 934. We're live on your Wednesday morning. Bob Joseph for you on WNBF. And if you'd like to call now, you may. 607-772-1290. Live on the air. WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Online at WNBF.com. WNBF at 9.39. Let's go back to the phones. Mary Grace from the town of Shenango. Good morning. You're on the air. Morning. I want to make a comment about the police uh, being on the street. Uh, St. Mary's Assumption Church in downtown Binghamton on Holly Street has a community meal. And it was, I think, late spring, maybe very early summer, two policemen were walking the beat. And we were impressed to see them as we were going in and out preparing for this meal. The policemen came into the community meal. They were absolutely charming. They also asked if they could serve. And I have to tell you, 
that was really an amazing thing to see two Binghamton policemen handing out food for these people. And most of the people are pretty regular on Saturday mornings. It's from 12 until 1 on Saturday mornings. And I even think there was a picture on Facebook on uh, with the policemen and all the crew who were working there. So it can be done, and it's a very good thing for people to see them. Oh, I agree. And by the way, even though, let me uh, um, say, even though I personally haven't seen officers out on foot patrols, like in neighborhoods, I do know over the last several months they have stepped up. Uh, their community policing efforts, their efforts to reach out to people, whether it's at churches or apartment complexes or other places where people gather. I realize that's that actually, I think, is an initiative from the feedback I'm getting. It's working. I wish I wish we could talk with people from the police department so we could share the work that they're doing. And also with the mayor. I would invite the mayor and uh, police department representatives to come on and talk about this effort because I have heard some feedback from people similar to what you've mentioned, and that is a positive. That's I think that's a, a big thing, and I, I, I hope the police uh, will continue that effort because every – the way I look at it, every interaction that police officers have with people that's in a routine – part of life that's a good thing because too often most i won't say most people too often many people are dealing with police in unpleasant situations they have to call the cops because there's a disturbance in the neighborhood or they're having a fight with someone or sometimes they get pulled over because they violated a traffic law but when you can have interactions with with the officers um, under pleasant circumstances i say that is great, and that helps. I think it helps everybody, both the um, residents of the community and also the police officers, to um, have a better, better understanding of what of what we're all about. Why are you thinking that they wouldn't want to come on to your program and explain this? I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I've asked them. I, you know, I've I've asked the police chief. I, wouldn't you think? If you yeah. were the police chief and the mayor, I mean, both the mayor and the police chief are always welcome here. They work um, approximately a three-minute walk from where I'm standing. I mean, I go, if they have um, a news conference, a police news conference, or the mayor has a news conference, I walk over to their offices at City Hall to cover that. I know it takes about three and a half minutes to get there. They're always welcome here. They could come in even now, between now and noon. If the police chief or the mayor or both wanted to come in and talk about community policing and the work they're doing, you know, that's – I think that would be a big win. I, I think that's all part of the community education effort. If I was if I was um, at City Hall and trying to improve community police relations, I would say this is one of the best platforms to, to let people know what they're up to. Yep, you're absolutely right. It was it was great. I mean, uh, they the they were very the the people who were eating at the community meal were very receptive. Um, it was an absolute positive uh, object for the police in downtown Binghamton. Thank you for sharing. That's important. Thank you. Okay, nine forty three WNBF. More calls coming up.
607-772-1290 at WNBF. WNBF, do not listen to the advice of this song. Premise of don't call us, we'll call you. No, that's not the way the program works. It's call us, I can't call you. <laughs> Serious. Ron from the West Side called us. Good morning, what's on your mind? Well, I have a, I have a serious uh, consideration this morning about uh, disarmament. What could be more important than disarmament, right? On uh, page four of the uh, Wall Street Journal today, uh, the headline is on one of the stories, Schumer moves to disarm Senate's fashion police. And, uh, you know, I know that the Fetterman uh, dilemma has kept a lot of people up. You know what uh, what Senator Fetterman from Pennsylvania has done to fashion in, in the Senate chambers. There's a picture of uh, uh, Senator Fetterman entering the Senate chambers wearing uh, looks like Bermuda shorts and sneakers. He looks like he's uh, about to enter a, a WWE match. Uh, so he's coming into the Senate. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said this week that Senate officers would no longer enforce the chambers on spoken rules about formal dress, allowing members to wear whatever they want on the floor. So, um, you know, I'm just thinking, what's the connection between democracy and dress? Uh, can we have a democratic a constitutional republic if people aren't adorned correctly when they come into the Senate chambers or the House. Um, so throwing that out there, uh, there's a, in that article, Bob, uh, in the Wall Street Journal, a, uh, a brand image consultant from Washington uh, said that uh, they, ha they have a, a fashion ethos there in Washington, and workers typically dress in clothes that match the significance of their jobs. Uh, she said that senators shouldn't dress in shorts like they're going to a cookout or a casual event, that this is serious business, dress appropriately. So this is the disarmament I'm talking about. Schumer says dress in whatever you want, but he's going to wear a suit. He said he'll continue to wear a suit. Yeah, well, so, you, um, you know, uh, another senator, and I respect her. She's a uh, senator from the state of Maine. She said she's going to wear a bikini now at, to protest <laughs> to protest the, the fact that there's no dress code, code anymore. It's like, oh my gosh. Said, oh no, wait. Wait, here's and remember, and Susan Collins, you gotta respect her. You gotta. Because she's from the state of Maine, home of the Moxie. She said, I plan, and this is a quote, it's in the New York Post, so I'm not making this up. I plan to wear a bikini tomorrow to the Senate floor. And she said another senator is gonna wear shorts because there's no dress code anymore. So if, if Susan Collins goes on the Senate floor wearing a bikini, then well, I don't know what. But then, I'm sure that would be the lead story on Action News tonight. Well, Bob, uh, <laughs> if, if, if Susan Collins 
steps onto the Senate floor wearing a bikini, I, I somehow could deal with that. I, I, what I cannot deal with is a Senator Fetterman. But yeah, I'm looking at that picture, by the way, in, in that picture. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I, I love and respect Senator Fetterman. I've never had a yeah. chance to, to meet him. And I hope someday to meet him because he definitely seems, um, to be an unusual U.S. Senator. Well, let's, let's be blunt. He, he's, he's diff, let's, let's say this without uh, fear of contradiction. John Fetterman, is different than Charles Schumer. I I think I think both Mr. Fetterman and Mr. Schumer would would agree. They'd probably both chuckle. <laughs> oh, Bob, that's true. Well, well, Bob, I have a word now. You're you're a word guy. You and I love to talk about you know sapphire and words. Here's a word you probably I don't know if you've ever used it. But you know the word galoot. You know the term. Yeah, you you big galoot. You big galoot. Well, Fetterman looks like he's going to the Northeastern galoot convention. Oh. (laughs) Now, I had to look up because, to be sure... Um, and I've, I've heard, oh, you know, you big galoot or whatever. Uh, I've heard it used, but I, I can't say with any certainty if I've ever used, I think I probably have just as, you know, how you look for words that are just words that are seldom used, but will, will get a little bit of attention or laughter. So I looked up the definition. And galoot, a clumsy or oafish person, often as a term of abuse. And it originated in the early 19th century. Original uh, nautical use, meaning an inexperienced marine and further unknown origin. But And Google, helpfully, has a chart over the use over time of the word galoot. In the eight, around 1800, according to the Google chart, it was rarely used Uh it soared into use around 1900 and 1910, and then it uh, really during the 50s, 60s, and 70s was seldom used. And then it peaked for some reason, inexplicably, the, according to the Galoot chart here, Galoot uh, peaked in usage at about 2019. So I don't know if it was being used in a TV program. Usually, these days, there's a correlation. If if suddenly a word that had been seldom used suddenly uh, picks up in usage, it's either a TV show or movie. But I I can't place it. There's probably an explanation. But but as far as, as far as Senator Galoot, oh, <laughs> see now that's the problem. Now every time and. And again, no disrespect intended to John Fetterman, but but his clothing does. Um, and again, this is not. I've seen in summer. You know how UPS drivers have have a more relaxed because they're able to wear their brown uh, shirts, UPS shirts, and the shorts because you got to be comfortable when you're delivering lots of packages in the heat and humidity of summer. <laughs> He looks almost like he could be a, a UPS guy on Riverside Drive delivering, you know, packages and, you know, it, or whatever. I mean, and again, no disrespect. I I admire the guy. I admire the guy because he's not afraid to make a fashion statement. 
Well, Bob, you know, he probably could go on if he's listening this morning. <laughs> Which you know he is. Of course. And he could turn this into millions of dollars of starting a line called the Big Galoot line of clothing. <laughs> Senator, <laughs> Senator Galoot. <laughs> trademark it. Hey, after you're done with this call, call a trademark attorney and get a trademark. Register your trademark because if it's stamped by 10 a.m. on September 20th, you'll be the first person to have it on file at the U.S. Trademark Office. And then even if you don't intend to use it, say uh, Senator Fetterman or somebody working at his behest trying to cash in on this, which... After all, that is the American way, whether you're a Democrat or Republican. So they'll want to cash in on this, knowing that millions of dollars could probably be made over the next few months, especially now that the holidays are coming up. So uh, you own the trademark. They'll contact you, or at least their attorney will contact you and say, we want that trademark. You registered it first, but we want to buy it from you. So you could probably parlay your quick action today into a cool million dollars when they when they yeah. acquire the trademark rights. Senator yeah, Galoot. Uh, oh. We're we're running a special this week on Big Galoot ripped jeans. You know, now now we're gonna be uh, facing all sorts of backlash from people who are saying we're being we're being disrespectful to galoots, big and otherwise. Well, <laughs> anyway, yeah. th- thank you, Ron. <laughs> I know I'm going to get a call probably from both Senator Schumer and Senator Fetterman saying, Bob, what was that all about? Can't you focus on the issues? You got sidetracked on something unimportant. More coming up, Bob Joseph on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Sunshine today, high near 72. Mostly clear tonight, low around 43. Sunshine on Thursday, high near 72. Construction of a 75-unit apartment complex on the site of the former IBM Country Club near Johnson City won't get underway this year. When demolition of the abandoned buildings was announced last October, Broome County officials said they expected groundbreaking for the apartment project was started in the spring. But now it appears the planned work is running about a year behind the original schedule. Leadership Alliance CEO Stacy Duncan said the developers are expected to submit an application for a state low-income housing tax credit by the end of this month. She said that would provide a significant amount of funding for the project. Duncan says she believes the total project costs are upwards of $25 million. Endicott Mayor Linda Jackson is raising questions about the way Broome County Sheriff Fred Akshar deployed deputies to the village in recent weeks. Jackson said while she appreciated the work of the Sheriff's Office special response in recent weeks, she said it really would be better if they worked with their police department. Speaking on the WNBF News Binghamton Now program, Jackson said they'd made more pros- make more progress if the agencies worked together. Jackson said that now that the concerns have been brought to Akshar's attention, maybe now he'll start working with their police. She said the premise is excellent. They just need to have better communication and follow through. 
The mayor said the biggest problem with the sheriff's office initiative is they didn't tell him they were coming. They just came in, did it, and left. Later on the same radio program, Akshar said he had a good working relationship with Endicott Police Chief Patrick Gary. He's a Chief Gary, and he communicate on a regular basis. The sheriff said some of his agency's initiatives in the village over the summer were conducted in concert with the Endicott Police Department. In Broome County Court, Jamie Walsh of Binghamton was sentenced to two to four years in New York State Prison after pleading guilty to felony attempted burglary in the third degree. Walsh admitted that on March 14th, she entered Walmart in the Vestal Parkway and stole merchandise. Walsh had been arrested previously for shoplifting at that location and had been ordered to stay out of the store. Under New York State law, if a criminal defendant has been previously convicted of stealing from a business, they can be banned from that location. If the defendant returns and again steals property, the charge may be elevated to felony burglary. Walsh, who has a prior burglary conviction from 2013, waived her right to appeal. Democrats in the Pennsylvania House will keep their one-vote majority after winning a Pittsburgh-area seat in a special election. Voters on Tuesday elected former congressional aide Lindsey Powell bring the partisan split to 102 to 101. Powell defeated Republican challenger Aaron Connolly uh, Alton Reith in the heavily Democratic district. She replaces progressive former Democratic representative Sarah Inamorto who resigned in July to pursue local office. The House is expected to return next week to consider budget legislation two months into an ongoing stalemate. As migration to the United States from Venezuela and other countries soar, Democratic elected officials are pressing the Biden administration to quickly grant work permits for asylum seekers while their cases wind through immigration courts. In New York City, tens of thousands of migrants have arrived over the past year. Mayor Eric Adams has increasingly sounded alarms, and Governor Kathy Hochul is floating the idea of state-issued work permits. Asylum seekers must wait at least six months before they can get a work permit. That cannot be changed without Congress, but some Democrats say there are other steps that President Joe Biden could take. And Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro's administration says it's trying to make it easier for someone to register to vote when they're getting or renewing a driver's license in the state. These prompts the computer screens in the driver's license centers that will take users to a template to register to vote. That leaves it up to them to choose not to register. Previously, the user was asked whether they wanted to register, register to vote. 23 other states and Washington, D.C. already have varying models of what's called automatic voter registration. Researchers say automatic voter registration increases registration and boosts the number of people voting. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Hi, Bob Joseph. Give me a call right here at WNBF. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. 
it's gonna be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. 607-772-1290. That's the hotline for the hottest calls in America. <laughs> I was just going to say something, but uh, we'll hold hold that off for the moment. I don't want people to take it the wrong way. Hi, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, confuse Jesse from Owego. Did I hear this right? Susan Collins might walk into the halfway house, commonly known as the Capitol, wearing a bikini. That is the flash, apparently official. Not Lauren Boebert's Susan Collins. I'm telling you what, I got nothing against the woman, but if you ever listen to her so closely speak, she sounds like Edith Bunker. I can hear it now. Archie, can you get me another beer? You know, it's holy smoke. Now, they might as well all be wearing thong underwear there at the halfway house. That's all like right. Nothing. Come on, man. Now, here's, by the way, I caution you. I caution you. Okay. And, well, now about about her voice. Yeah. Well, it's a medical condition. It's a medical condition. That's why. Now I I sympathize with people whose voices are are affected by medical conditions and and I'm always concerned. I'm always concerned. For example, because my voice is my is sort of my trademark. That's how people identify me on the radio and off the radio. So Susan Collins has a medical condition and that's that's why her voice is the way it is. So um it's it's unfortunate that that that's how her voice is. Um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I get you. Yeah, others. Yeah, I mean, there are a few others. Um, actually, there was uh, a reporter for um, an all-news station in New York City, my favorite all-news station of all time, WCBS, and um, he just he retired last year because he was having an issue, a medical issue with his voice. And um, it was a tough... In fact, I've been meaning to uh, contact him about about what happened, you know, because uh, his name is Peter Haskell, and he worked for WCBS for decades. He has something called spasmodic dysphonia, which is a rare vocal disorder. And uh, he's willing to talk about it, and he talked about it, I think, a uh, I don't know if it was last fall when he um, finally quit. Maybe it was earlier this year he quit. Uh, in fact, I'm reading a story. He was on Fox 5 in New York, and he said, I was running out of air. He said, you might not recognize his face, but people in New York City recognized his voice. He was on WCBS for three decades. And then one day he just started having difficulty speaking. Anyway, so I digress, but I want to point out, again, when it comes to people with certain vocal characteristics, especially, say, Susan Collins or RFK Jr. or others, let's face it, we can't control what our voices sound like. 
So I I, I have a lot of sympathy, and I, I strive never to make a reference if people are struggling with their voice. Now, say if somebody gets laryngitis and it's a temporary thing, um, I might make reference to it. But even then, I probably won't because I don't know if it's just a temporary medical condition or, or a sign of some, something worse. So, again, it's just like people can't control to a large extent their looks or even their weight to an extent. Some people think, well... Your weight is totally up to you. Well, yeah, to an extent, but then, no, not necessarily. So it's complicated. So I just wanted, I know I spent more time talking about her voice than I needed. As far as if she wants to wear a, a bikini or anything, who knows? I mean, the way the Senate is going these days, it could eventually become a, a clothing optional club. And then they'll I, charge charge to watch C-SPAN. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. And as far as, you know, observations about Senator Fetterman, yeah, his style of dressing is far different than most other senators. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. Now, if, if he came in wearing a MAGA t-shirt, I, I would send him home. It's like, Senator Fetterman, why are you here in the United States Senate wearing a MAGA t-shirt and a MAGA hat? Come on, man. The Senate's already great. Go back home and and get a, a more neutral sweatshirt or something or a hoodie. So anyway, you should, you should you should be a pitcher for the Rumble Ponies because you just threw me a knuckleball trying to take away my thunder because I'm just trying to figure out who's going to wear a bikini boycotting the new dress code. You know what? Well, what about Victoria George Santos? Peter. What if George Santos shows up wearing a bikini, or, or for that matter, what if uh, well Chuck Schumer could respond because Chuck Schumer has a sense of humor, and I'm sure he heard the news report. He reads the New York Post. If he saw that Susan Collins jokingly said she was going to wear a bikini, who's to say that Chuck Schumer wouldn't do the same? Maybe they would show up together. Didn't you just notice what you said? Schumer has a bit of humor. What a rhyme. But not true. He has a sense of humor. humor. I've never seen it. I saw it once. Where? In Binghamton. I saw it. it wasn't on the air. <laughs> I get that. I, I, I have a tape of it somewhere, but it, and I never aired it, but uh, there was uh, during one of his official six-minute news Opportunities for reporters in Binghamton. He holds uh, a news conference to talk about something on his mind, and then he lovingly grants local reporters approximately six minutes to ask him other questions. I saw one time where he had a sense of humor. Is that when he shooed you? <laughs> yeah, actually, that was the same day. Yeah, so I remember that. But you know okay. me, Jesse from Owego, I'm not bitter. No, no, sweet. Big guns, Bob. It comes with a reason. All right, <laughs> you, you keep you an eye. Day. You keep an eye on what's going on over there at the gazebo. Uh, I, net. I know, I know. Not playing anymore? That's that's all. My lips are sealed. That's the story from a Wego making contemporary news. Ten eighteen WNBF, where information is allowed to roam freely. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? It's John from Binghamton. Let me turn up my radio here. <laughs> uh, 
You know, uh, this uh, thing that you had on yesterday, uh, Akshar versus uh, Mayor Jackson, Fred Akshar, the sheriff, versus the mayor of Endicott, I think it's easily uh, find-outable through freedom of information requests. That's why I did. Now, if you notice, uh, Sheriff Akshar said that he was in contact with Pat Gary. He didn't say when or about what. Uh, Linda Jackson said that the police department herself as mayor or the uh, Endicott Village Board was not notified of this uh, two-month strategic targeted uh, raids that were uh, conducted in the village. Since it's only a two-month period we're talking about, uh, and there is always a record of communications, especially in the public sphere. There's texts, there's phone records, there's phone logs, there's email, USPS, fax. So if Akshar has been in contact with Pat Gary uh, during those two months, uh, there would be a record of it. So just to call uh, Linda Jackson names, Mayor Jackson names, isn't going to suffice. I mean, this guy is a law enforcement guy. He knows about evidence. Uh, You can't hide under communications because all you would need would be proof uh, that uh, Patrick Gary, the police chief of Endicott, Sheriff Akshar, were in contact during this period of time. I, 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 and, I, and I think now that it's out there, we, we need to know. We need to know whether Fred Akshar was winging it on your program, and we also need to know whether Linda Jackson was telling the truth. Well, time will tell, and certainly a freedom of information request that is so simple and direct should be very easily to comply with. So hopefully within, I'd say, 48 hours, the information will be available to the masses. And I'm sure that you, John, are willing to share it with Broome County residents. I would absolutely love to. And uh, the Sheriff Akshar has a lot of people uh, that are working the political spectrum on his payroll. He, he's added positions uh, that have nothing to do with law enforcement whatsoever. So, yes, uh, it is uh, going to be interesting. And uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, you know, proof is in the pudding. Let's, let's hang out. All right. Thank you. It's 1021 WNBF, the station that cares about everyone. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, my name's DJ. What a great morning. Hey, you know, I really want to give a shout-out to the Rumble Ponies. I was there last night. And, you know, behind every great team or great worker or great anything is a great manager. So also to uh, JD, who's done a great job. The stadium looks great. It's fun. He makes it nice. He welcomes everybody. Walked around with, uh, you know, with me also last night, he, uh, we kid around and have a good Yeah, I, I got a video of him right as, as the thing was ending. I got a video, and it's on Twitter. If you follow uh, Binghamton Now on Twitter, you can see the exact moment that the Rumble Ponies won their playoff game last night. The exact moment as the crowd uh-huh. erupted. And uh, JB was there, and uh, it, it was... Um, I think it was a beautiful video. It brought tears to my eyes. Oh, oh, Bobby. 
I'm very sensitive that way. Anyway, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to uh, more baseball here in Binghamton next week as the uh, unstoppable Rumble Ponies continue to roll across their Eastern. Well, I I still call it Eastern League, whatever league this is. Opponents, yeah. Whatever. What's the name of this league? Happy League. Oh, uh, I think I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, hey, whatever. Were, were you there last night? Yeah, I was there. I told you. I got Where a picture. Were you? Right there next oh, to yeah. when when they won, and I I wasn't stalking anyone. I just happened to be close by at the precise moment when the game ended, and uh, I think it was around nine ten or so. Um, and, and took you didn't video. See me? I was looking up in the windows for you. I figured you'd be up in the boxes, the box. No, I'm the boxes. Look, I'm a man of the people. No? I'm I'm not an elected official. <laughs> so am I. You yeah, know, no. Elected officials hang what? out in the rarefied air of those boxes, and you know, I guess I guess they feel they're entitled to that. I sit among our listeners. I'm I, I walk. I'm an American citizen, and I I socialize with Americans. I say hi to fans. I. There were uh, police officers last night. Every time I yeah. had a chance, I, I said hello uh, right. to and shook hands in most cases with the police officers who were on hand to um, keep things. Uh, everything was fine last night. A nice crowd. Everybody was happy. The weather was perfect. Well, I told them back to blue. You know, I walk over to the opposing team. I did last time, not this game. And, I, and one of them, uh, they had red and white. I remember who they were. They threw me a ball. They threw me a ball, and I gave it to one of the children. So, well, I think I yeah, saw that. Yeah, it's a great time. Oh, anyway, anyway, so there you go. It was fun, and next week I'm looking forward to uh, even more fun. It's fun, 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 fun for everyone. Fun, Bob. Fun for everyone. It's a blast. Now we have who? What is it? St. Cyril's, no, Holy Spirit, St. Cyril's coming up. I heard Bill Flynn on the radio this morning think that's going to be a blast, too. That's going to be fun. Indoors, too. So rain or shine, we shall have fun in greater Binghamton. All right. See you at the ballpark. Thank you. It's 1024. More calls coming up at 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. This is WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. WNBF. WNBF. Wednesday morning live with Bob Joseph. Airport Road Bob in the town of Maine. Good morning. Hey, Bob. What's happening? Everything good. <laughs> Nothing bad. Yeah, hopefully. So, listen, I want to give you another update. Uh, town of Maine board meeting last night. Um, the first available paperwork from the IDA has arrived. Um, it's about 240 pages of mostly... Um, um, Mostly bull crap, but um, the um, money spent, which is supposedly like $180,000 so far by the IDA, uh, does not justify what they've spent on that report. 
Um, I'm hoping John from uh, Binghamton is still listening because I know he's the foil master of Broome County, and I'm sure he's going to want to see what that report has to say. Or uh, John, John can call me. I can uh, send him the report. Uh, he has my number. But, um, you know, the more I research this, the more it, it just looks so bad for the IDA in that, you know, they applied for this grant money from the Fast Track Grant Program, which is uh, New York State uh, Environmental, I mean, Economic Development Agency um, Program. And they got $500,000 from Governor Hochul a couple of weeks ago for this FAST Grant uh, program. And as I read the FAST Grant program on the Internet um, through, you know, um, New York State's agency, um, this project does, need, does not even qualify for them getting any money for this project. Um, the project on the FAST Grant programs are... Um, they give examples of um, churches and things that um, don't require a lot of environmental reviews. Um, and this property is definitely going to need a full environmental review based on the fact that the apple orchard was closed years and years ago for contamination. And because of the 55-gallon drums that have been up there on that property rusting for probably the last 50 years. So I just wanted to give uh, you a heads up, uh, give John a heads up, because I know you, he likes to look into all these things. Um, if he has any questions or you have any questions, you guys know how to find me. And I don't know if you have any other questions right now. Um, what are the 55-gallon drums from? Who who put 55-gallon drums up on that property? What, uh, what entity was that? Do you recall? We wouldn't, you know, there's no way of knowing, but I'm assuming that the apple orchard, when they were in business, um, they were shut down because of the amount of lead and arsenic in the soil from all of the fertilizers and the chemicals they used oh, to kill okay. the bugs. Right. So I'm, you know, we'd have to assume that those 55-gallon drums were, at one time years ago, um, either a fertilizer or a... Uh, insecticide of some right. sort some kind of pesticide to keep the uh bug, bugs out of them apples all right um keep me posted all right well it's going to start to get interesting supposedly stacy says she's going to start to file the paperwork and then it'll start to get really interesting all right well so, at some point i will invite her to come back on the program because at, at least she has always been willing when invited to come on the program and, and talk about this or other projects. So at least that'll potentially provide some more information. And that's what we're about trying to inform people. Thank you. That's the story from the town of Maine making contemporary news at 1031. As we continue to tiptoe through the telephone lines. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Mike Binghamton. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, I'm just, I'm just curious. Uh, to hire a police officer uh, and a state trooper or sheriff, you can't have a criminal record. How can somebody run for DA in the city of Binghamton or in Broome County with a criminal record? Uh, he's been arrested several times in protests. Yeah, has he ever been convicted of a felony? Not a felony. It's just an arrest. Yeah, so if you're 
charged with uh, minor level offenses, misdemeanors or violations, as far as I know, you're not disqualified. Uh, yes, you are. With marijuana charges from the past, if you were arrested, you could not take the, the, the police department test. Well, he's not running to be part of the police department. If he wants to uh, become uh, a police officer, unfortunately, because because of age requirements, he can't become a police officer, but you know, maybe he could get the age requirement waived if he wants to become a cop. It's still law enforcement. It's the district attorney. I bet there are district attorneys in New York State who've been arrested. You always tell everybody, don't bet this, don't say this unless you have facts. Well, I'm, I'm just, you're, you're doing it to me. Now, the other thing, too, is he's got one pending. Right. Yeah, it's not a secret. I think uh, Paul Battisti made reference to it when we, he was here last week, didn't he? I really don't know. Well, you should listen to the program and listen to the candidate interviews. We had Paul Battisti on one day, and the day before we had Matthew Ryan. And I believe in both interviews, I think I brought up the uh, arrest situation when Mr. Ryan was here, and I think I also brought up the arrest situation when Mr. Battisti was here, and he made reference to a pending case, too. So you're, you're making it sound as though that somehow the history of these two men is completely secret. And I'd still like to know how brilliant he is when he, when he was asked why he was down at Wegmans, and he said to observe. Well, he did observe. And then he got charged by Johnson City Police in a case that, last we knew, is still pending. He was observing. There were other people there observing who got charged, too. One observer, because she was a reporter who didn't move fast enough when ordered to do so, she got sp uh, sprayed almost point blank in the face with uh, something, I don't know, was it pepper spray? So, you know. I didn't see any violence there. I know it it, uh, it disrupted business operations for for Wegmans, and the people at Wegmans apparently told Johnson City Police to clear the area of everyone. They closed down the store, and they wanted the property cleared. And the people who didn't move fast enough either got arrested, or in at least one case got a face full of pepper spray. That's that's called consequences. Yeah, but if he was there for observation, uh, he should have told his clients that it's illegal what they're doing. He didn't say he was there observing for any particular clients. He's a resident of Broome County, former public defender, an attorney, former mayor of Binghamton. He's still engaged in what goes on in Broome County. He can observe. No, he... He no, you you could observe too. I could. I I was busy that night, so I wasn't there observing. If I hadn't been busy, I might have been there in a reporting capacity to see what was going on. But unfortunately, I had a conflict and I was unable to cover that protest. So I was unable to observe. He said on your show that he was contacted that they were going to do this and they wanted them there to observe. He didn't say they were his clients. He should have told them it was illegal. If they asked him for legal advice, 
He never said, these people, I represented these people, these are my clients, and they wanted legal advice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for your call. I certainly appreciate bringing up the situation that occurred a few months ago. And by the way, between now and November 7th, you can bet, you can bet your bottom dollar that will be uh, a focal point, I I would guess. Hi, you're on the air. Good morning. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning, Bob. This is Vinny from Binghamton. Morning. Um, I wanted to talk about um, Linda Jackson and uh, the sheriff real quick. You know, I, I, I listen to it. I, I see what's in the news. But I... Um, so much has been left out, and I think this is this is what I got from the whole thing. When Linda Jackson, when you were talking to her yesterday, she called in, and she gave an update on the news of what's going on in Indicon. And she started talking about the special response team and how what a good job they did. And she recommended, she goes, you know, next time, um, you know, I wish that um, – we could get a little bit more information because she said she didn't have enough information or she didn't have the information. The board didn't have any information and some of the police department information. And then she said a key word. She goes, now listen, I don't want to be in the middle. So that right there tells me that there was some grumbles from the Indicott police force. Okay. She went on and she said, talked about information. Why? She said, because the sheriff's department, they're, they're busy. They've got 23 municipalities that they have to cover. That's a handful. And if we can compete and, and, and not compete, if we can um, get with Vestal and Endicott and Binghamton and Johnson City, the Broome County Sheriff's Department, when you guys come in, hey, let's share some information man, so we can help you because you can't be a thousand places at once. And then she went on to promote the Endicott police. She told how well they do. How proud she is of them. They do a lot of other things besides speeding tickets. No, I'm, I'm at living here. But you, they do a lot of other things besides the usual things you think that police do. And she talked about sometimes when we don't have a crossing guard, the crossing guard calls in sick. They will take the place. They will help out. She promoted all that kind of stuff. And all she was talking about was communication, how we can all do this just a better job. You know, she went on to uh, say, you know, I know we can do it. She goes, I'm sure we can. I know we can do this, but that's just my thing. Hey, let us know because my police force, this Indicott police force can help. We can do something. She went on and told you other things that are going to Indicott. So finally, the the uh, Fred Ashgar called back. And this is the first thing he said came out of his mouth. Well, by the way, let's clarify. He didn't call back. I I called his office to ask him if he could call in because of right. what Mayor Jackson said. So he didn't right. he didn't pick up the phone and say, "Ah, I have to respond to that." He he right. um you know, honored my request to come on the program um really just about 30 or 40 minutes after I called his office. So I appreciate that he uh that he responded because I think what Mayor Jackson said um, needed a response, and he could easily have said. And, and at eleven o'clock when I called, I think he was in a meeting. But then, 
you know, he could very easily have said, you know, I'm too busy. I'm not going to respond. But he responded on the same program. And I think that's, as I said earlier, I think everybody wins, especially in something like this, where you have local officials, two elected officials talking about a very serious problem. And I think it's to everyone's advantage to hear what Mayor Jackson said and also to hear what Sheriff Akshar said. This is the only place you're going to be able to hear something like that. Absolutely. And I was here and I heard. And I just want to let people that didn't hear it, because I know what you heard in the news, but let me tell you what was said. This is the first thing out of his mouth. If I thought that Mayor Jackson lived under a rock, I think this is evidence that she does. Now, the first thing I thought was, gee, I guess that's what she's talking about, communication. Because if you heard what she said, why would you start off that way? She said you did a good job. But he, but here's here's the thing. Now, yeah. in in defense of what Senator, excuse me, I still call him Senator Sheriff Akshar, in defense of what he said, he didn't hear the segment. As far as I know, he was busy doing other things. So, so to to think, and I I did put excerpts of the two conversations together on our website so people could hear a bit of what Mayor Jackson said and then later hear uh, some of what, in fact, I think all of what uh, Sheriff Akshar said. But let's be clear, to the best of my knowledge, Sheriff Akshar didn't hear the interview, so he didn't, he was responding to my questions. So... Keep, well, well, I mean, keep point. that, but keep that in mind that that could also have had an influence on some of his response as opposed to, say, if he had been listening to the program and then immediately afterwards or shortly afterwards, after he heard specifically how Mayor Jackson phrased things, and then he could have responded to exactly what she said. So keep that but, in but, mind. But, Bear that in well, mind. But, Okay, but Bob, hey, hey, let's law enforcement. You just don't go shooting off your mouth, okay? You're the sheriff. Well, you know, Bob, I really didn't hear the whole thing, but let me tell you how it went on my side. Now, what was their main thing? Communication. Well, listen, I communicated with the 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 uh, was it Gary over there and the, the oh, well, you know, well, look at look 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 something happened. Communication breakdown was something. She's just not going to say this. And when she says she doesn't know and the board doesn't know, what happened? Did, did, did who I, I talked to? Did it get up to her? That's all I'm saying. But to continue, but to come in and say this stuff, and you know, make makes you know what she ought to do is make sure there's more police on the street. You know, I don't know what her thing is. Struggling with her own situation, looking to cast blame. Maybe sometimes she comes out from underneath the rock she is living. Now you tell me where that comes from. Maybe she, you know, arm you know once you arm yourself with some facts. And, Bob, I will not apologize to the mayor for good work that the people of the sheriff's office do on a daily basis. She never asked for apology. Ever. And you know what? The Indicott police work just as hard as the sheriff's department. We're not even talking about them. And that's my question. Sheriff, where are you coming from? you got to remember something, Sheriff. Your predecessor, Harder, 64 years in that office, 24 sheriff, he wanted Kate Newcomb. He didn't want you. Is this why? 
Did you go after her because she's a female, only female judge? We already know. The, the, the district, the area knows about the feelings on Linda Jackson in the Republican Party. Is this what Vic from the forces talk about? Is this what John from Binghamton is talking about? Is this what many other people are talking about? What's going on? Where did all this, this bluster come from all of a sudden when you don't even know the facts? You're talking about her with the facts. She's talking about what a good job you guys did. She's talking about she's promoting her police force. But again, but again, my point is Uh he didn't hear that part. So so again, I look, I talked to both of them. But the fact is, Sheriff Akshar didn't hear. And I didn't mention, as far as I can recall, when when I was speaking with him during the live interview, I don't believe I said and maybe I should have. Well, Linda Jackson, thanks the the sheriff's office for the work it does and and had praise for the work of of the people in your agency i don't think i said that so you know to to somehow imply that that he was not gracious accepting the uh the praise from mayor jackson i'm not sure that that's that's uh, appropriate again if if he had heard the entire conversation with mayor jackson and then responded that'd be different so but but again keep in mind he he responded to my requests that i phoned into his office at 11 o'clock and as far as i know he was busy busy so you know that's that's all i can say about it for now Thanks for your call. It's 1045 at WNBF, WNBF.com. And we're here. We bring the information to you real time. This is a reality show. Everybody who calls in is speaking live. I'm not aware of another program that does this, where every element is actually live and local. I wish the concept could spread. Bob Joseph, it's a Wednesday morning, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. Ten forty-eight. This is Bob Joseph taking calls as they come in at 607-772-1290. All right, air quality is good. In fact, better than uh, Ezra, so, I mean, better than usual. So, uh, AQI, air quality index, right now is 26. Go out and breathe as much air as you can handle. Because around here, it doesn't get much better than this. Beautiful, fresh air, untainted with the uh, smoke from distant fires. Forecast from the National Weather Service looking quite nice today. 
quite nice. Uh, sunny now, increasing clouds though later, high 71, mainly clear tonight. There will be some patchy fog developing, low 43, sunny tomorrow, high 72, and mostly sunny Friday, high 73. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 59 at News Radio WNBF. Coming up later today, noon to three, Dan Bongino, three to six. Sean Hannity, 6 to 9. Mark Levin. Talk? Of course we'll talk. We are WNBF. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Oh, uh, Carol from JC. Uh, I wanted to talk about baseball, but I just wanted to make a comment about Sheriff Akshar. I cringed every time he said, she, she, he must have said it four or five times. I cringed every time he said she must have been under a rock. I felt so bad that he was saying that, and I'm just going to say one other thing about that is like, how do you know for sure that he did not hear the uh, interview with her? I don't know for sure. I, I okay. don't hang out in his office. He didn't say that. You know, I heard what she said. So, and I, I know a lot of people do listen, and I, I don't doubt that on occasion Sheriff Akshar may listen to the program, or people in his office may listen. Sheriff's deputies, police officers. Heck, I wouldn't be surprised that some local police chiefs listen. I know local judges listen when, when they're not in the courtroom. They can't listen to the program when they're in the courtroom, unfortunately. Ethically, they're constrained, but when they're in their, uh, in in uh, their office, they can listen. But as far as whether uh, Fred Akshar heard uh, this the live segment with Mayor Jackson, I I have no idea. Nobody does. Well, I just he the way he was responding or talking, it sounded like he he did hear what she said. But uh, let me talk about baseball. Okay, uh, the Eastern League. You talked about the Eastern League, and uh, and I have a question about uh, the announcers. Uh, the, uh, if there's a recording somewhere on the internet of, of the game. But uh, anyway, uh, someone looked up the Eastern League for me on the internet, and they couldn't find anything. And uh, I wasn't really sure because there's nothing in the newspapers about it. But uh, Jacob and uh, Wilkins and the other, Matt Levine, they do mention uh, something things about the Eastern League. And at one time, the Eastern League headquarters was in Portland, Maine. And uh, I thought maybe you could... You know, look up on the internet uh, to see what they say about the Eastern League. But uh, in, in my feeling, I I wasn't really sure. I don't really know. Well, according to Wikipedia, Eastern League is still a thing, and um, because they do refer to it. Yeah. So, well, then I guess it still exists. According to the internet, it still exists, and the Rumble Ponies are part of it. Uh, what confused me. Um, in 2021, as we emerged from COVID, they called it Double A Northeast. But yes, now, I remember yeah, that. So, so apparently Eastern League is still a thing. But remember, um, after things were sort of realigned and some cities unfortunately lost their minor league teams, uh, things with uh, minor league baseball were realigned and Major League Baseball has taken greater control. But, yes, the league still exists. So. Well, that, that, that's a good thing. But yep. here, here's the other thing. Uh, because I, I always listen to the radio, there's like an 8 to 10 second delay because I keep scoring. If I miss a play, like they, they would repeat it. But I'm telling you, it was like, oh, my God. I, you said you were crying. I was crying in the beginning, <laughs> you know, praying that they would win. And I hope people don't think I'm like crazy because it's just a game. But it's exciting. 
It was exciting. What, what can I say? What can I say? It was, I was great. Just so hoping that they would not lose that very first game, and they, uh, and they won decisively. So yes, I mean now they've it's got right. mo- they've got momentum as they as they go on the road. Uh, so even if they don't win tomorrow night, they could win the next night. And I just feel very positive that there's going to be baseball in Binghamton next week. I, I ex- That's my plan. That's my well, plan. I'll be there. So let me ask this question. Is there uh, some place, uh, you know, how they have things on the, uh, on the Internet or, well, a podcast or whatever, is there anywhere that you could ever listen to a, a replay, not a replay, but a re-listening of the game? I don't know, not to my knowledge, but maybe maybe either. maybe some listeners know. But that's a good question, and if uh, our listeners know where you could hear a rebroadcast of of games, that'd be great to know. Thank you for your call. By the way, uh, going forward, you can hear all, and I mean all, the excitement of Rumble Ponies baseball right here on WNBF with Jacob Wilkins. So if you enjoyed last night's game as much as I did. As much as Carol did and Gary and DJ and a few other people that I saw at the ballpark, tune in tomorrow night. I know some people are planning to go on the road with the Rumble Ponies. But if you can't go on the road, you can at least hear what's going on tomorrow night live from Somerset with WNBF coverage beginning at 620. Bob Joseph live on a Wednesday morning at WNBF. Government shut down September 30th. Shut it down. We can't get our own way. (laughs) That's what some kids are saying. I know. There's nothing to be gained from a government shutdown. Fortunately, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says progress is being made to avert a government shutdown. I I feel like we are. The members are already in meeting. I think we're making some progress. We made some progress last night. All right. Good news. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, please don't shut it down. Please, we need our government. Anybody who says shut down the federal government may not understand how things work around here. Don't shut it down. More coming up. This is Bob Joseph live on WNBF. News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Sunshine today, high near 72. Mostly clear tonight, low around 43. Sunshine on Thursday, high near 72. Construction of a 75-unit apartment complex on the site of the former IBM Country Club near Johnson City won't get underway this year. When demolition of the abandoned buildings was announced last October, Broome County officials said they expected groundbreaking for the apartment project was started in the spring. But now it appears the planned work is running about a year behind the original schedule. Leadership Alliance CEO Stacy Duncan said the developers are expected to submit an application for a state low income housing tax credit by the end of this month. She said that would provide a significant amount of funding for the project. Duncan says she believes the total project costs are upwards of $25 million. 
Endicott Mayor Linda Jackson is raising questions about the way Broome County Sheriff Fred Akshar deployed deputies to the village in recent weeks. Jackson said while she appreciated the work of the Sheriff's Office special response in recent weeks, she said it really would be better if they worked with their police department. Speaking on the WNBF News Binghamton Now program, Jackson said they'd made more pros- make more progress if the agencies worked together. Jackson said that now that the concerns have been brought to Akshar's attention, maybe now he'll start working with their police. She said the premise is excellent. They just need to have better communication and follow through. The mayor said the biggest problem with the sheriff's office initiative is they didn't tell him they were coming. They just came in, did it, and left. Later on the same radio program, Akshar said he had a good working relationship with Endicott Police Chief Patrick Gary. He said Chief Gary and he communicate on a regular basis. The sheriff said some of his agency's initiatives in the village over the summer were conducted in concert with the Endicott Police Department. In Broome County Court, Jamie Walsh of Binghamton was sentenced to two to four years in New York State Prison after pleading guilty to felony attempted burglary in the third degree. Walsh admitted that on March 14th, she entered Walmart in the Vestal Parkway and stole merchandise. Walsh had been arrested previously for shoplifting at that location and had been ordered to stay out of the store. Under New York State law, if a criminal defendant has been previously convicted of stealing from a business, they can be banned from that location. If the defendant returns and again steals property, the charge may be elevated to felony burglary. Walsh, who has a prior burglary conviction from 2013, waived her right to appeal. Democrats in the Pennsylvania House will keep their one-vote majority after winning a Pittsburgh-area seat in a special election. Voters on Tuesday elected former congressional aide Lindsey Powell bring the partisan split to 102 to 101. Powell defeated Republican challenger Aaron Connolly uh, Alton Reith in the heavily Democratic district. She replaces progressive former Democratic representative Sarah Inamorto, who resigned in July to pursue local office. The House is expected to return next week to consider budget legislation two months into an ongoing stalemate. As migration to the United States from Venezuela and other countries soar, Democratic elected officials are pressing the Biden administration to quickly grant work permits for asylum seekers while their cases wind through immigration courts. In New York City, tens of thousands of migrants have arrived over the past year. Merrick Mayor Eric Adams has increasingly sounded alarms, and Governor Kathy Hochul is floating the idea of state-issued work permits. Asylum seekers must wait at least six months before they can get a work permit. That cannot be changed without Congress, but some Democrats say there are other steps that President Joe Biden could take. And Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro's administration says it's trying to make it easier for someone to register to vote when they're getting or renewing a driver's license in the state. These prompts the computer screens in the driver's license centers that will take users to a template to register to vote. That leaves it up to them to choose not to register. Previously, the user was asked whether they wanted to register register to vote. 23 other states and Washington, D.C. already have varying models of what's called automatic voter registration. Researchers say automatic voter registration increases registration and boosts the number of people voting. 
That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. And away we go, another hour of our Wednesday program. I'm Bob Joseph, taking calls at 607-772-1290. Give me a call, let me know what you're thinking about. We'll talk today on News Radio WNBF. I am the passenger. Let's go to the phones to start off another big hour of the big program with Big Bob Joseph. Sandy from Fort Dickinson, good morning. Uh, good morning, Bob. Uh, I just have a quick comment about Mr. Akshar. I listen in full to your program like I do most every day. And um, I found his remark uh, about living under a rock uh, about the mayor was uh, a derogatory remark and not necessary. Now, I don't know who's right, who's wrong, on which end of the spectrum. It really doesn't matter, uh, not to me anyway, um, but I think that kind of rhetoric is uncalled for in somebody if, in his position, and I would hope in the future that he would just think twice before uh, talking out loud about <clears throat> something like that. Um I, I respect the police force and our sheriff's department, our state police. We have wonderful, wonderful uh, men in blue. But um, I would just suggest to Mr. Akshar that he just tone it down a bit. And that's all I have to say. Thank you, Sandy. Appreciate your call. 1112 at WNBF. What's going to happen today? Don't look at me. I'm just a reporter. I'm not a psychic. Well, I feel someone around you is going to die. Oh, Bob. Who are you kidding? Psychic Bob. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll be at the, uh, downtown hotel tonight at seven. Remember, it's for entertainment purposes only. I feel that someone around you has died recently. I feel badly about the color purple. Oh, Bob. Come on. You're not a psychic. Wasn't that the song that Talking Heads did? About the psychic. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, Bob. This is Martin from Binghamton. Hey there. Hey. Uh, yeah, today's paper, uh, ex-lawyer Sue Giuliani for, uh, 1.36 tab unpaid, and um, it's interesting ad or article. And um, Giuliani is um, upset that about the uh, fees. He says he couldn't believe the fees that he was being charged by um, 
this Bob Costello and that it's way in excess of anything approaching legitimate trees. But just last week, Trump had a um, fundraiser for Giuliani at his uh, Bedminster Golf Club, um, $100,000 a plate. Now, you only need 16 people to get that 1.6. And, well, what's happening? What's happening with the money? Where is the loyalty? And But the main bigger issue is what happened to these women. Um, you know, the, the mother and daughter from Georgia who um, and um, Giuliani admitted that he lied, that it was a blatant lie, but he disagreed that it caused them any um, undue um, uh, problems in their life. And, um, but they um, had to move. They couldn't go get groceries. They're, they got PTSD, uh, all this stuff. This is a famous case that everybody knows about. And I'm wondering, or understand what was she passing to the mother? And it was a mint and stuff. But the main thing about all this is this is the premier case of why there's going to be a lack of poll workers. Why people aren't going to, aren't going to work for poll workers when you have people like Giuliani coming in there and just blatantly lying, blatantly knowing he's lying about that and and to mess these people's lives up and cause this chaos and maybe he's doing maybe he's doing the best he can maybe maybe he drank too much hair dye i don't know i am i am sadly uh no longer in touch with uh giuliani i i do know over the years i've had some interesting conversations with rudolph giuliani but um haven't really been in touch with him recently so as far as as far as what's what's happened with him over the last couple of decades, it's hard to say. It just I get the sense that something something has changed. Something has changed with Rudy Giuliani from the time that um, that I spoke with him. That wonderful time when America's mayor and Binghamton's favorite radio talk show host got together and spoke face-to-face at the old IBM Country Club. I, Martin, I remember as though it were just yesterday. Well, he got affiliated more with Donald Trump. <laughs> well, got, that's got, true. That, that is, that's a good point. Up to that point, I don't think he had dealt much with that guy. And I think once he started dealing with that guy, I think he, he may, as they say, as the kids say, he may have gone off the rails when he started dealing with the former Queen's real estate developer i think i think he should have uh continued to focus on the the uh challenges facing new york city as opposed to the challenges facing the um the future president that's that's my take or just concentrating on his regular um own business but as far as the other guy where where's the appreciation where's the benevolence and where, of course, this word doesn't exist in his okay, but where's the empathy for Rudy, who's done, who's done all this and gone to bat for him for all these <laughs> I know. And, and Let, let's be leaving him out there floundering like this? Let's be I crystal mean, clear, Martin. I think I have more empathy and more sympathy for Rudy Giuliani than the former guy does. I mean, I, as much as I am perplexed by some of Mr. Giuliani's choices over the last decade, and I am. Uh, somewhat perplexed and 
saddened by some of the choices he's made. Uh, I do feel badly for him. You know, at this point in his life, I mean, things don't look good. I mean, he when he started out with the Justice Department, things looked good. He could have he potentially, if he had played his cards right and been a good guy, he potentially could have become president of the United States, Martin. And now look at him. Yes, it was just, you know, 9-11 two weeks ago. Yes. And I, I watched a lot of those shows over again. And also, I couldn't get a call on MC that day. But on 9-11 that day, I was working at the uh, IBM Country Club, and we had a golf tournament of all firemen. Uh, uh, firemen from all around through here, about 18 or so from um, New York City, uh, Michigan, all over. And after... We got him out on the course, going back, walking up to the clubhouse. A guy says, look at this. You know, you can see the first plane it hit, and boom, the second one hit. And then right away, this, you know, all the gaiety and everything going on in the course just stopped. It dropped, and it was eerie, and carts started coming in, and cell phones were going off. And it was really something to see that, you know, that they all got in in the um banquet room and we're talking okay what are we going to do here you know the um new york city firemen you know they got it for the most part they, most of them were going to go down but then there was people who were going to represent different areas but you know but that was a unity democrats and republicans didn't matter and also you know watching that and watching rudy handle that it was it was great I mean, you know, he that was the epitome of of a, of a mayor and um, a servant for the for the people, and it's just a shame that he went from there to having the red dye, you know, flow down his face. Mm. Oh well, who knows? Maybe he'll get a grip. Maybe he'll turn his life around. Never lose hope. Never lose hope. He may be reformed. There's still maybe another chapter in his public life. It's 1119. Bob Joseph with you. 607-772-1290. Have you had a chance to call yet? If you haven't had a chance to call, I encourage you to call in. Everybody is welcome. Literally. Yeah, I know. You're thinking... Oh, when Sean Hannity says literally, he doesn't mean it. I mean literally. All are welcome. Anybody on the planet who has access to a phone can call 607-772-1290 and talk with the host here at the WNBF Nerve Center in the heart of America's parlor city. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. News Radio 1290, Stay. <laughs> oh my God. 
723 Andy and Vestal. Sounds like he's on a fast train. Good morning. I am on a, I'm on a fast train. Yeah, right. Exactly. But we don't have any train service. No, no, we're, we're in the United States of America. We can't operate high-speed rail. Yeah, no, no, no. We, we, the last time we had rail service was in 1965, was passenger rail. Yeah, service with, with the Phoebe Snow. That's correct. With the Phoebe Snow. Absolutely. Hey, I just wanted to find out, did you ever hear anything from any of the people on the infrastructure that I would keep on asking about for the, um, uh, flood protection in the Broom, in Broome County. You- no, I think uh, I think they're content to wait until we have another catastrophic flood event, and then uh, they'll say nothing we could have done. I see. So, in other words, are they just praying? To, are they praying to some uh, some deity thing and hoping? Please don't hit us. Please don't hit us. Is that is that is that their? Is that basically the flood protection? Yeah, well, basically, it's uh, called keep your finger crossed. I see. I see. Well, that's, that's uh, and I understand there should be some federal grant money that was available after that, after after a catastrophic flood, um, like the, um, I said, the 500 year flood in 2006 was the 100 year flood. Now we have five year, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was 500 years. Right, and then next month, remember, hurricane season doesn't end officially till December 1st, so next month, when we get hit by uh, the remnants of Tropical Storm Zeke, uh, we're going to wind up, you know, with a billion-year flood. So, you know, even people up at the National Weather Service office will be wishing they had an arc. Yeah, well, anyway, just wanted to just put a little... um, All right. Well, you know what they say. Don't worry. Be happy and pay your pay your tax bill on time. Absolutely, especially if your taxes, school taxes, have gone up like in Bethel. Yeah. When when are the school taxes due? September thirtieth. No, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think October second. Oh, that's right. I I was down at some district office, and I think they said you can pay. You can pay your uh, school taxes without penalty uh, through October 2nd, I believe. Right. And, of course, your school taxes in Basel, anyway, are based on your assessment. So every, so for the fall, everyone had their assessments raised for three years. Keep in mind November 7th. And if you want something different, vote differently. Okay? Okay. Appreciate your call. Right. Good Good luck driving. Sounds like he's driving around in a either a bullet train or a fast car. That's the story from Vestal making contemporary news. What do you think? You think taxes are just right? What about your school taxes? What about your property taxes? What about your assessment? Do you think it's just right now? Let me know. I'd like to know. 607-772-1290. This is Bob Joseph on your side on WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. All 4,000 jobs are going to be protected and remain here in Endicott for at least the next 10 years, and we're very, very pleased about that. 
walking down the street the other day, trying to distract myself, but then I see your face. Oh wait, that's someone else. Oh, trying to play a coy, trying to make it disappear. But just like the Battle of Troy, there's nothing subtle here. Uh -uh. In my room, there's a king size space, bigger than it used to be. If you want, you can rent that place. Call me an amenity. Uh -uh. Even if it's in my dreams. Uh. WNBM live. And George Pataki. I always loved his speeches. <laughs> state of the state speeches. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety at the weather desk because weather is vital to everything we do around here. Sunny now, increasing clouds later. Seventy one, mainly clear tonight. Some patchy fog. Forty three, sunny tomorrow. Seventy two, and then the extended forecast for those who. Maybe off on Friday, mostly sunny, 73, and then the weekend, partly sunny Saturday, 67, partly sunny Sunday, 71. And right now, in the heart of Parlor City, <laughs> it is um, very pleasant. 62, 62 right now. At News Radio, WNBF. Hey, kids, have you heard anything more about Hunter Biden? Hey. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Wish people would stop piling on. Poor guy. Hunter Biden can't catch a break. I mean, they're, you know, he's had, he's had some tough times. And yet, you know, they're using him figuratively as a human punching bag. Oh, I don't like Hunter Biden. Look, the guy is down on his luck. He's got the IRS after him. He's got DOJ after him. Everybody is after him, and, and everybody seems to be happy to kick the guy while he's down. That's not the American way. People should be reaching out to uh, give him... A hand when he needs help. I mean, really, I think I think he needs some assistance, and maybe uh, if people would do more to try to help the guy instead of piling on because they don't like his father, it should not be a personal thing. It should not be a political thing. He is uh, clearly, clearly a guy who just has had uh, some tough times. Haven't we all had tough times? So when you were going through tough times, did people bash you on the talk shows? Did people bash you on cable, online? No, they helped you. They helped you to make progress and get your life back on track. That's what we should be doing. 
with Hunter Biden. In my personal opinion, 1132, let's, let's show them that we care. Everybody, pitch in what you can. Ten bucks, if you can do it, hundred bucks. Pitch in, support, he's, he's gonna need money for his defense. Again, the IRS, the DOJ. These are serious people. And his defense will require serious cash. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Leo. Robert, how are you doing this morning? I am well. Leo, where are you calling from? Uh, and well. Well, good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good morning. Um, I wanted to uh, touch on what, what you just mentioned about Hunter Biden. I, I don't think I've heard this before, but... Um, it would be interesting to know just how much money has been spent um, uncovering uh, the IRS, the untaxed funds, because supposedly there's like $30 million that there were no taxes paid on, and that's why the IRS is getting involved now. Um, but I've never heard it said how much money was spent to track to to find that out you know the um um comer i guess it is who's the uh head of the investigation um i wouldn't be surprised if the money that was spent exceeds what the taxes would have been on that 20 or 30 million or whatever it is could be it could be i I know they're having a, a big uh, to-do about all this right now in Washington. Uh, Republicans are um, grilling Merrick Garland, the attorney general, about the Hunter Biden case. So at least they're, if nothing else, at least for today, they're having they're having a bit of fun at Hunter Biden's expense. Yeah, yeah. But as as a taxpayer, to me, I, I don't I don't know. What transactions transpired or what was done for the money? Uh, uh, depending on who you listen to, it was illegal or legal. Certainly the Democrats say whatever happened, there's no crime that was involved. But as a taxpayer, uh, it'd be nice if taxes were paid on whatever funds were transferred. And yet it wasn't and it won't. And <laughs> that bothers me as a taxpayer. Yeah, it, it would be nice to know how uh, how much of our hard-earned tax dollars are being expended to go after this one guy, especially a guy hard on his luck, hard on. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, especially especially since he could have paid the taxes in the first place, yeah. and nobody would have had any right to complain. But yeah, and that and, and that one time. What did he have a a gun for twelve days and it was unloaded and evidently the according to yeah, the yeah, allegation he yeah. lied about yeah. it and I, yeah, it, yeah. as we've said before if you lie to a federal agent or if you lie to the federal government that is uh that's a top notch offense but it's interesting you can lie virtually anywhere else and pretty much get away with it in fact you could be uh, the leader of the free world and tell. Um, perhaps hundreds or thousands of lies while you're leading the free world and nobody can do a thing about it. Yeah, but anyway, my, my point is 
the the IRS didn't find this before, probably because it would have costed too much to track it down, because they had to get um, accountants involved to track the the thread and whatnot. So it's understandable why the IRS didn't find it. But still, as a taxpayer, it really annoys me that they didn't pay taxes on those funds. Appreciate your call. I I uh, will be interested in hearing what the other listeners have to say about this. But boy, the Republicans are certainly happy to have Hunter Biden. Well, it does help distract from their guy. Although Hunter Biden hasn't been elected to anything. But still, he is a useful distraction for those who are concerned. <laughs> well, our guy, look at what our guy has done and what our guy has said. I mean, that guy has an immense file. You know, the, the former guy's file is extra thick with documents and tapes and video and audio recordings, stuff he said, stuff he's done. That's all apart from the allegations. I mean, just the, the stuff that we see, you know, stuff that existed before AI ever existed. So it was never doctored. And so you look at that file, then you've got Hunter Biden, who's sort of a bright, shiny object. Oh, look. Look at the president's son. Oh, look at his laptop. Again, begging the question. And I know it's too late to even really litigate this. But still begging the question, whoever had the right to disseminate anything on Hunter Biden's laptop? Why? (laughs) Again, why was anything that was in Hunter Biden's laptop, why was that ever in the New York Post? Don't they want to protect his privacy? It's 1139. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Warren Bush, Sydney, New York. What's your first name? Warren. Warren in Sydney. What's going on? I want to know why you were given the whine and cry for... uh, Young Mr. Biden, when, um, you know, like, look what you guys have put Trump through, because you are a diehard liberal. And you, you, every time you talk, every time you do it, you show how much of a liberal and Democrat you are. But it's okay for you to trash Trump, Trump your, your side and drag him through. But boy, when the evidence is the other way, then you 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 want to do the crummy tears. Well, I'm no liberal. Hello? I am not a liberal, and I am not a Democrat. Well, you certainly sound and act like one. I could tell you that. Well, then maybe you should listen to us on FM ninety two point one FM, and you could hear who I really am. Maybe if you're listening on AM, maybe that explains. What would be the difference? The difference is you could hear who I really am. I'm not a Democrat, okay. and I am not a liberal. But didn't you just, uh, not more than five, ten minutes ago, you know, give by you know, you know, uh, Hunter a break? You know, you've been you know, you know, 
dragging him through, et cetera. Didn't he, has, has he not committed crime? Maybe he has. has. Here's my question to you. Has Hunter Biden been convicted of anything? Neither has Donald Trump either, has he? Not yet. That, well, there you go. You just answer your question with a question. Not yet, but you that's, don't that's know. Not, no, that's not a question. That's a statement. Not yet. That's not a question, Mark. At the end, about about the uh, former president, has he been convicted of anything? That That's your question. My answer is a statement. Two words. It's not a question. It's a statement. Not yet. And neither... But you, in order to do that, you have to investigate, right? Absolutely. And I'm, I'll tell you this, Warren. I am looking forward to the trials. So am I. But, but you have to also admit that Trump has beat him on everything that, that they've thrown at him so far. That's true. Absolutely. And he's... I, I I haven't I Warren I haven't prejudged the case. By the way, I'll be the first to admit that Mr. Trump and his attorneys would not want me on the jury because they they probably don't think I would consider the facts. But here here is the truth, yeah. and it's not going to make a difference. But yeah. but just between you and me, if I turned out to be on a jury during one of Donald Trump's future trials. I would, and thank you. I, let me be. Go ahead. Yeah, if if I turned out to be a juror on for one of his trials, I certainly would follow the judge's instructions, and I would pay only attention to the evidence that was introduced in the trial. And then I and the eleven other members of the jury would work to make a very thoughtful decision based only on the evidence, and then based on on the charge provided by the judge. I am serious about that. I would, I would take, I, I, I would take that seriously. Now I'm, I admit that there's no chance in heck that I'm going to be on one, one of his juries, but I, I would take it so seriously. And to be, again, this is, it's all hypothetical. I mean, the bar would have to be incredibly high, in my opinion, for me to vote to convict Donald Trump on some of these charges. But I would do, I would do my job as a juror to be extremely fair about whatever was presented at trial. And I appreciate that. But you, you, you do know that, or you, at least I would hope that it would be very hard for Donald Trump to get a fair trial in any of the locations that, that they have, uh, that they have, uh, are going to uh, try to do uh, a jury pool with. Well, it would be hard, but not impossible. It would be a challenge. You're right. If if he is on trial in D.C. or if he's on trial in New York City, it would be difficult to come up with um, 12 impartial jurors who really would take it seriously. But I believe it could be done. I think the jury selection process would would take a while but i i do think ultimately um the attorneys both those representing donald trump and those representing uh the united states or in the case here of um 
the action taken by Tish James, the Attorney General representing the state of New York. I believe the attorneys would be able to put together a jury that would properly listen to the evidence and then render an impartial decision. I believe it's possible. Not easy. I believe it's possible. I just actually last night talked to Curtis Silva on the radio from WABC. Oh, did you? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I just happened to be listening to WABC at night because I was up, and uh, they had a call in, and he he totally agreed with my statement. New York City is their own worst enemy. They decided a long time ago that they wanted to go against the Constitution and become a sanctuary city. Now, there's consequences for your vote. There's consequences for anything. And now that it's gone too far over and it's costing every taxpayer, every person, every business in New York City, and people are going to start flying out of here because they can't afford it. You shouldn't try to put everybody else because you you did it to bail you out. And I don't want to see one federal dime going down here to help them because you did it. You wanted to be a sanctuary city. And in my opinion, and I'll ask you this question, don't you think being a sanctuary city is going against the Constitution and the sovereignty of our country? I don't know. It'd be interesting if if it ultimately uh, goes to the Supreme Court for a determination. I I don't know. I can't. I I'm not a constitutional expert. I I know Mark Levin, who portrays himself as a constitutional expert. I I have a pretty good sense of what he would say. But I'm I would be interested in knowing what the Supreme Court would decide if that. If that ever becomes a case that goes before the court, it would be um, obviously a very important case. It would be fascinating. Now, at this time, given the makeup of the Supreme Court, my guess is, and it's only a guess, the Supreme Court likely would rule it's unconstitutional just based on the composition of the court. But what we have learned over the last couple of years, you can never be positive about how the court will rule on any case. That is true. Yeah. Anyway, I appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you for uh, taking the time to call in. Thank you in. very much for taking my call. Yeah. And and keep listening. And I'm going to have to uh I'm going to have to uh you know listen uh more frequently. And uh, Okay, I hope you and, do um, because I try look, I I know a lot of the things that I talk about or some of my opinions are definitely not popular with say the the core listeners and yet i'm still interested in speaking with everyone i never said and i i'll never say my opinion is correct my opinion is only my opinion so just because i express my opinion as a host of the program don't don't think for a second that i think my opinion is right and yours is wrong okay thank you very much i appreciate that Hope you have a great afternoon. You too. Bye. Thanks. Yeah, it's my opinion. 
That's all I'm doing. You know, I'd, and I don't have talking points. I try to take everything on the program as it happens in real time. So it's, it's to me, it's interesting and it's exciting. And it's actually a privilege to be able to do it. Very, very few people in the world are granted this opportunity. So I don't, I don't take it for granted. So if you disagree with me, you can call in. And then just feel free to speak back and forth. We're, that's what we're trying to do. I know. It's a concept that seldom is permitted in in America anywhere. So I, I think that's why, that's why it feels weird to some people. But weird isn't bad. And live radio isn't bad. And this is it, folks. With Bob Joseph, Wednesday morning, 607-772-1290. WNBF. WNBF at 1153. Oh, Jim Dolan. There's a guy. Uh, he owns uh, sports teams. And some people are not happy about James Dolan. So according to uh, this, James Dolan, who owns sports teams like the Knicks, um, he doesn't like owning teams, according to an interview with the New York Times. The uh, I'm looking at a version of the story just posted by New York Post on their website. It says, Knicks fans have made it clear over the years how they feel about Dolan owning their beloved franchise. Turns out Dolan's not fond of being an owner either. I don't really like owning teams, he said. Dolan owns the Knicks and the Rangers, although there is far less venom directed at him for his hockey ownership. 68-year-old Dolan told the New York Times that the Rangers and Knicks are near and dear to my heart, but he's turned off by the economics involved in ownership. He called it kind of sleepy. That view played a role in why he has passed on adding a professional baseball or soccer team to his portfolio. Uh, Dolan said in the interview, basically every fan thinks of themselves as the owner or general manager. He added, being a professional sport, sports owner in New York, you're not beloved until you're dead. Knicks fans have certainly made it known that Jim Dolan is not beloved with their frequent chance of sell the team when the Knicks struggle. The Knicks have reached the NBA Finals once during Dolan's ownership and have not reached the Eastern Conference Finals this millennium. Dolan says fans who chant sell the team are often ejected from MSG since they violated a code of conduct that forbids harassment of arena workers. Dolan said, I am an employee. So if you don't like 
Jim Dolan or the way he is operating a franchise, he can have you kicked out of the place. Fans' behavior plays a role in why MSG uses face recognition uh, technology that prevents some people from even entering the arena. Dolan said there are confrontational fans and those there for a good time. He doesn't want anybody who's confrontational in there. He said, we don't want you there. So that's why they use facial recognition technology to keep you out. If you don't like him, he doesn't want you at the game. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, Jim Dolan, I wish you well. I'm not... I'm not really going to waste much more time thinking about Jim Dolan, but that was an interesting little a bit from the New York Times interview. Hey, that's all the time we have for now, folks. The three hours went by quickly. I'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, enjoy your afternoon. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media center.